Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 108 of Taking Flight. I apologize for the poor um, sound quality as I am using my earbuds because I am quite busy today. Um, but this is going to be an episode that is going to talk about the experience at the Museum of Flight. So with no further ado, let's get into this episode. quick podcast update before we get into the topic for today's episode. I am honestly thinking about taking up this ad sponsorship. Uh, it does make me money, but I feel like it is super, super annoying to have to listen to that every single episode. So I am honestly thinking about um, taking that out. So um, most of you guys listen on Apple Podcasts, so please leave a review. Um, let me know, and if I get enough reviews saying that they'd rather me take out the ad, I will definitely do that. Um, it's no big deal to me. Um, it's nothing that makes me a ton of money, so it's not something like that I necessarily need in there. It's just something that is kind of nice to have to make a little bit of money off of the podcast, but... If need to need be, I will take that out for you guys, just so you guys do not get annoyed by hearing me ramble on about how this podcast is made with Anchor. Um, I want to make this podcast a podcast that is about aviation and not about hearing my annoying voice talk about how this uh, podcast is created. Anyways, without any further ado, once again, let's get into the topic so, last Thursday, I went to the Museum of Flight. Um, it was a trip by myself. Usually, every time I've gone has been with somebody else. Um, but this time, I wanted to go by myself and kind of experience it as a uh, solo, uh, having nobody else with me, just to kind of see what the experience is like. And I would have to uh, say that it's actually a far better experience going by myself just because you can go look at stuff um, at your own pace and you don't have to wait for other people who are looking at other things in your group. Um, so uh, I started out in the little shop where they sell a bunch of uh, different things like memorabilia, uh, books, um, Gemini Jet aircraft, uh, model aircraft. So I do have a Gemini Jet airport. Uh, for those of you who do not know what Gemini Jets is, is Gemini Jets makes uh, die-cast scale models of um, airliners. And I, uh, while I was there, I picked up the Alaska Airlines 737-900ER one-world livery aircraft to add to my fleet. Um, I... My airport is mainly based off of Seattle Tacoma International Airport. I um, just recently got the Virgin Atlantic 787-9, and uh, I also got the United 737 Max 8. So that is something really exciting. After walking around the shop a little bit, I went and headed straight to the. They have like this big open area where that has a cover. Um, that has about 10 planes in there, maybe, maybe more, a few more planes than that. Um, they have the Concorde, British Airways Concorde in there. Um, so it was really 
it's really um, cool to step back into history. Um, I believe the aircraft, its last, its first flight, or its last flight, its first flight might have been 2007, or its last flight was in 2007. I forget the exact details. Um, it is uh, a narrow, it's, um, it's a big aircraft, but it is like, it's like a super narrow body aircraft. Um, it's in a 2-2 seating configuration. Um, there's really like, there is a first class separation, but the seats aren't like what you would see on your 787 just because of your, you know, this aircraft is streamlined for traveling at, you know, over the, you know, faster than the speed of sound. So there's a lot of different things that they have to make to correspond with, um, with all that kind of stuff. And um, they have the first uh, half of the aircraft uh, just to the um, trailing edge of the wing. Um, they have that. That's how far they have uh, where you can walk to just because you can't do plane at the back of the aircraft. Um, but it's, a, it's really cool. And so after that, I went, I actually didn't this time, didn't go into the presidential uh, 727, 707, yeah, it's Boeing 707, because uh, I've been in that quite a few times. It's really exciting, I mean, not exciting, it's really cool to step back into history once again on that aircraft and just be in a plane that John F. Kennedy was in, and it was pretty cool. And then I proceeded to the um, the first 747-100 um, that was uh, made. Um on the side of this aircraft, it has all, at that time, all the airlines that were taking delivery of the 747. So, that was um, something really cool to see. And this was like their test bed. So, um, I, I'm pretty sure it was their test bed. So, it never saw commercial service. Um, it had all like the drums that they put the uh, water in for putting changing the weight on there. And all that cool kind of stuff. Um, then I went to the 787, which is my favorite aircraft there at the museum, and, um, talked to the person on board, and, uh, just kind of told my experience on the 787. Um, the 787 is a very quiet aircraft, um, it's not like being on the 737-900ER, which is quite loud if you are sitting behind the engine, um. The engine definitely roar, roars. It's different compared to like your older NGs. Um, the 737-900ER has like a different engine. I'm pretty sure it's like the thrust is like super loud. But yeah, the 787, um, that was really cool to be on the Dash 8, which is the smallest uh, variant of the uh, 787. And um, so it's not super, I mean, it doesn't, it's interesting. It doesn't. It's big, but it also doesn't seem super, super big unless it's like behind, beside, like a, say, a 737, then you can tell the size difference and that it's quite big. Um, but it's small. It's quite small compared to the 77-10. But um, that was uh, something that was really fun. And then I went to kind of went around the World War One and World War Two. Actually, no, I just think I was in the World War One. 
Oh, it might have been the World War II area. Yeah, World War II is on the bottom. World is on the top. Uh, but I didn't really go in there because I had been there um, last month. So then I went and did the um, did a little simulator uh, where you fly the F-16. And I was able to actually get all beat the clock and get all five planes. And going upside, this time, upside down, flying inverted this time, actually, I didn't have a headache. I knew what to expect, and so my body was kind of, I guess you could say, acclimated and kind of knew what to expect. So that was that was really fun. Um, I don't think I got. I don't remember. I I, th I got the. I actually saw um, the Eva Air seventy seven dash nine. It might have been the dash ten. I guess which I also remember what it was that day. I think it was the dash nine landing at SeaTac. So that was pretty cool. Um. Will I be going back to the Museum of Flight uh, anytime soon? Uh, probably not. Um, I'll probably go back there in the fall. Uh, just because, you know, summer's kind of busy and I just... Night... It's 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 a place to go to when, you know, when night comes really early and stuff. But, uh, yeah, it was a great experience. So, yeah, please leave me a review if you can. Because a lot of you, majority of you guys do listen to this podcast on apple Podcasts. so thank you for listening supporting this podcast um, we have reached over 2,000 plays thank you for listening well and this has been episode 108